This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the Talking Devils podcast. I'm your host. Manchester United author and producer Wayne Barton joined by the legendary Manchester United midfielder Sammy McElroy. How are you doing Sammy? Are you alright? Alright Wayne, thanks. We are we're talking a month or so before the release of your book, a month and four days away. Um, spent a lot of time working on it. Um, what do you think? I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's been very interesting. Something um, I was a little bit sceptical at first about to do it because I did one in, in uh, 1980 and um, this one I wanted to be right and when you Wayne contacted me about it to, which time? Uh, exactly <laughs> um, as you I, I was just about to say as you know I kept on putting you off and saying leave it Wayne let me think about it whatever because I wanted to have a peace of mind and I wanted to be right when I was ready to say, right, well, here we go. And I'm so glad I've done that now. Maybe like a little bit, now I've got to know you this personally, maybe a bit of it was due to the fact that you were not, the first time I started testing you, you were about it, you were still just fresh out of management. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point, uh, which I was. And um, I was thinking about that. Uh, that was a lot on my mind what to do what to think about uh, management either continuing or leave it completely that that was a an aspect of my life where I've definitely uh, took a bit of time to make a decision yeah uh, but now you've done it I mean we've, we've gone through it you've had a look at it you know what what do you think of it yeah I mean it's very awkward or sorry very uh, weird situation when you're actually reading your own book um and uh, it was certain aspects of the book, obviously, were a bit uh, close to my heart and um, brought a lot of memories back, even though I talked to you about it for the book. But then when I read it back myself, that was very still a strong feeling uh, in me, very, um, very touching and emotional and stuff like that. But it was a, st- it was a weird sort of sensation in me when I'm actually reading yeah. What I've said, yeah, and uh, but yeah, it, it, I'm glad it's done, and I'm, I'm 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 very happy with it. 
I'm really excited. Anyone who's listening to this will know like the volume of work I've done on the 70s. Yeah. And I've aggressively chased you to do this book because I think it's so definitive about that story. Um, uh, it's, pro- it's probably going to be the last thing that I do on the 70s. I don't think Martin Buckham will change his mind about doing a book. No. And I, and I think this is, this is the one I really wanted to do and I'm really happy with it. And it's like we've said all along that... The, the funny thing is, you're such a football man, but when when I got to know you and when it came to actually putting it together for the book, it's a human story. You're just a human who happens to play football, and a yeah. lot of so much of your motivation and the things that you did in your life and career was centered around your family Absolutely. before football. And Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I'm really hopeful that people enjoy it as well. I, I really like it. I think it's a very. It's not you know how many times can you say it's completely different from what you've done yeah. before. Yeah. But. It's, it is different yeah. and I urge people to consider it on that merit it is very different I don't think when people it will be kind of what you would expect from a book that you would write but yeah. also I think it'll take a lot of people by surprise as well um, and also one of the things that I love about it and I love whenever I, I work with anyone about United is how much you love the club yeah. that comes through as well yeah that's good which yeah. is true and uh, it's always has been uh, since the age of 14 yeah. when I first before travelling. that really? even before that you were nine this? year old really when Bob Bishop uh, started looking at me at nine year old Mercy Street and obviously the influence in George Best Northern Ireland as well played a big part yeah uh, let's fast forward all the way to present day last night and we're talking a day after United <coughs> draw against Atletico very difficult thing to think because I mean for 80 minutes it looked it didn't look very good you've got a situation where I think Rangnick's made a couple of tactical decisions based on what happened at the weekend so Lindelof's played it right back basically because he played well on Saturday the shape's a bit messed we didn't look very good I think Rangnick kind of admitted that by the number of changes that he made yeah. and then you come out of it I mean a normal, if you're just looking at the game for what it was and you say oh a young lad came on and he scored the equaliser and we've got a draw against Atletico Madrid it seems like a, a decent thing, but... It... Yeah, well, I, I, uh, I was going to say I was fortunate or unfortunate to do the radio last night, and um, I found it very, very hard actually looking at the, the game. Obviously, I want to look at the game and want United to win and win and do well. But I was struggling last night for some unknown reason where um, I was actually looking at myself while I was commentating sorry co-commentating and trying to think what I would do because I wanted United to get better and it was one of those rare occasions where I was struggling to see anything happening at the 80 minutes I thought there was only one winner because we had shown nothing I don't think all black and gold for uh, Athletic had made a save okay they didn't create a lot of chances but they had that 1-0 and they whether they were quite content to hit the bar twice yeah. whether they were quite content to hang on to a 1-0 I don't know but we just didn't look as if we were going to break the ice Yeah, but we did but we did um, and again the young boy uh, has come off the bench no fear 
definitely got an eye for gold as he showed against Leeds yeah. and his temperament in a big occasion in a cold zone really like that yeah. last night fantastic twice in a row now because he did it well, obviously two cold zones yeah 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 because yeah. Ellen Rhodes not a place for the faint hearts yeah and um, the boy has definitely got a superb temperament well um, obviously it, one of the things that we've seen from Rangnick one of the pluses is that we look like more of a team you can see that the defence is attached to the midfield the midfield's attached to the attack a La- last night not so much it was a bit no, difficult it was which I couldn't really understand because I thought that what had been coming in from the Leeds game a little bit cock obviously it's a two-legged game maybe the manager was thinking you know let's stay in this tie I looked at the, what you say the, the starting 11 and I, may, I, I actually said last night with Dave Stowell, the, the co-commentator, that uh, we could easily have went to a five there last night with three centre-backs, Shaw as a wing-back and Sancho as a wing-back. Yeah. And I actually thought that might happen. I thought it would, yeah. Yeah, but he stopped uh, at, the, at the back four, led Lindroff at right back, and I just thought, especially in the first half, they were getting down our right-hand side. Yeah. The ball came from down the right-hand yeah. side. Don't get me wrong, superb ball in and a great header. Yeah. But every every sort of danger they threw at United came down our left hand, our right hand yeah. side. And he, for me, um, he stuck at it and stuck at it and stuck at it. But I was very disappointed last night in our approach play, uh, offensive play. Uh, I thought with nothing at all. In general, are you seeing an improvement under Rangnick? Do you think he's going in the right direction? Um, I think he's going in the right direction. I think he's a manager which he speaks his mind. He's not frightened of talking about any scenario, any any situation. And I think that's good for the fans to pick up on what he's trying to do. Last few games, the substitutions have paired off. I think you look at the substitutions last night, the two fullbacks coming up because they were booked. You can understand that. Matic for a poor Pogba, if I can say that, a poor Pogba, okay, but again, as I said last night, I think he had to take a chance with a forward player, which he did with a Langa, and it paid off, so his substitutions again worked. Yeah, he, that, and that's one good thing for him, he, he seems to have that doing well at the moment. But he sees it, he sees it and does it early. Yeah. The, the only thing is to do it from the start do you know what I mean but yeah. Yeah, we get, we're getting there it's, it's, it's. so I've got a bunch of questions from a load of different people the first one from former United player Phil Marsh who played under Jim Harvey at Staley Bridge and he asks do you still speak to Jim he's one of the best coaches I work with I had two or three two or three of my best years playing under him at Staley Bridge no um I had Jim Harvey working with me for, with Northern Ireland. I respected Jim Harvey uh, as a coach simply because when we played against him, um, I liked the way he set his teams out. He was a football man and uh, he stuck by that as a football man and um, he, he definitely came across in that way uh, as a very good up-and-coming coach. But we had a bit of a fallout. Well, not, he fell out with me over the situation at Morecambe when he was uh, ill with a heart attack and uh, the chairman at the time Peter McGuigan made me stand in for him and I had no intention at all of taking that job one not so ever but I wanted that job while Jim was in charge then I found out that he was about to be sacked the day he had a heart attack so 
one thing led to another. Uh, the chairman wasn't going to when he got when he got his health back, he wasn't going to take him on board. But I still didn't want the job until the players uh, got behind me and. Um, the chairman was going to make sure that Jim was going to be all right. But I knew at the end of the day that he would blame me, as he did with his wife, yeah. that uh, I knifed him in the back, which was totally, totally uh, not true, because I was walking away from the job and the senior members of the club at the time told me, please, to think again, even though I knew I, I was in a no-win situation. Yeah. But I like Jim as a football man for the question. And uh, I thought he might have got a, a chance maybe at a league club, but it didn't happen. Um, what was it like being on the pitch with the Holy Trinity? Oh, as a young boy coming from Belfast, it was a dream come true. And people dream, and their dreams never come true, especially in football, when my hero at the time was George Best because of where I was from, East Belfast, like him and um, seeing him play to actually come over and train with him was a dream come true for me but Charlton and Law were like an icing on the cake because two fantastic players two great men two world class players and to play with those three in a game of football I'll never forget never forget at um, such a young age as well never forget yeah you were young very young um, the 79 equaliser against Arsenal did you think when you first did it that you might dribble wide at first and when you first picked up the ball did you was your immediate thought to drive at the defence yeah um, when the ball was played through by Stevie Koppel it was a good ball and I was on uh, I had a bit of pace uh, to go on to the ball and uh, once I turned inside O'Leary, I'd only one thing in my mind was actually to go for goal. I had no intentions of looking up to see who was in the box or whatever. Once I turned inside O'Leary, then I, I, from the side of my eye, I'd seen another Arsenal player come. I couldn't actually tell you who it was, obviously, when, when he came at me. And I slipped it through, through his legs. I actually thought I'd overrun it. But... Big Pat came out, and Big Pat is is a massive uh, figure, and hands like buckets, and I could see him coming out ready to dive to stop the ball, but I just managed to get there and uh, toe poke it over him. But once I toe poked it over him, from where I was lay, I knew it was going into the net. It was taking its time, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but it, I knew it was not going wide, it was rolling into the net. Is it, is it a long way? It was, it was like a... I was thinking, please, please, please cross that line. Um, we'll be back after the break. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it was such a, a, a high emotional thing, of great feeling, fantastic feeling, from 2-0 to 2-2 in a matter of a couple of minutes. Yeah. And I've said to you in the book about the celebration maybe going on for a wee bit long, but just the feeling that we had, I had, was one of the best feelings I've had in football to score at Wembley in the cup final. This is a great question. Your cup final against Liverpool... 90-minute match, 10 of your team are picked. I can't go into the positions. 
But the the 11th player. Do you pick George Best or Brian Robson? Oh, I know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Brian Robson was a fantastic servant for Manchester United and a fantastic player for England, captain, uh, captain Marvel, and rightly so. But uh, George Best. Yeah. George Best, without a doubt. Do you think his performance in '68 is underrated? Very. Especially the cold room of the Stadium LA against one of the greatest teams in Europe at the time with a home record which is second to none against one of the, uh, as I say, greatest teams in Europe at the time. It was near enough a one-man show. I'm talking about the, the 68, the oh, European Cup final. Oh, sorry, I thought yeah. you meant in Lisbon. No, no, no. Well, obviously uh, that one as well. That, yeah. that was an unbelievable performance, yeah. by the way. Sorry. But no, but, actually on that, though, do you think... I was having this conversation... Who was I having the, the conversation with the other day? Um, might have even been Paddy Barclay. We were talking about 60, the, 66, um, the 66 Benfica game in yeah. Lisbon. Do you think that that might... It's a good, good argument to be the best individual performance in United history. Well, it's going to take a, an unbelievable one to, be, to, I can't to better it. I can't think I want to better it. I mean, you're going to laugh at me here, but the, the way he played against Scotland at Winter Park yeah, yeah. in 66, yeah. I think that was 66 or 67, maybe 67, was one of the best individual performances I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And if anyone was going to be on par with that performance in Lisbon, it would have been that one. Yeah. Against Scotland. So the only one to match George is George. It's another George. <laughs> yeah. But people who played yeah. in them two games, yeah. I'll understand yeah. what I mean. But it is like someone was talking about it the other day, and I was, I was saying that like George is probably the only player in history that I can think of who's got this number of games named after him because it's like, oh, the George Best game would yeah. have been Benfica or it would have been the Scotland one or the Holland one as well. Yeah. People always say that yeah. one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but as you say, there's only one person in football who could do that would have been George. So, so 68, obviously John Aston rightly got the John, John Aston had a fantastic game. Yeah. Probably one of the best games he ever had for Manchester United. Yeah. And to do it in a European Cup final, he should be recommended for that. Yeah. Because he, he did he did everything right. He had pace. He had the beating of the fullback and quality into the box. And he did it for the majority of the game. It was a great, because he was a little bit of a, a scapegoat at times. Yeah. John Ashton coming through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I knew his dad very very well. Great coach. Looked after me as a kid. And John was a fantastic lad. Uh, even you know he, he could have thought John when I made my debut in 71-72 season against Man City John was sub yeah. Yeah. and he, he maybe thought mm, there could have been a place for him in that on that day yeah. but uh, backed me 100% and a lovely lad and it was great to see him have that great game Yeah, um, but yeah but the bestie George, George the bestie goal yeah. uh, typical George Best yeah. he took a lot of stick that night as well he got a little bit frustrated because Benfica knew he was a threat but show pieces like that were made for George yeah. a European Cup final at Wembley in front of 100,000 fans to score, a sc- to score a goal the way he did yeah. that's all about Bestie so, so it was so George wasn't it it was like, so I George it was all about Bestie and that just really uh, in his career at that time that was a nation on the cake for him and I think then he was thinking this is him going to kick on to be recognised as the best player in the world yeah which he was he won the Ballon d'Or didn't he that year mm. um, 
This is a good one. Do you think if Alex stepped... This is a really good question. I don't want to add in even puts here for the thing, but we always talk about 75, 76. Yeah. He says, do you think if Alex Stepney had kept his place in that in the side, we'd have been champions? Close. It's a good question. It's a cracking question. There was a little bit of... Uh, everyone, everyone always says, if we'd have got well, Shilton, but if he'd have kept his place in the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was news about the dark wanting uh, Shilton. And then there was a little bit of a fallout, I think, a little bit of ill feeling. And the dark, as we know, you know... When he, once he made the decision, he stuck by it. He put Paddy in. No disrespect to Paddy. was probably, for any goalkeeper coming in, never mind Paddy, for those four games in the bounce that he did, were tough games. Yeah, all of them were. Good, Every yeah. game was a tough game. But what I think, I think personally, because I rated Alec very, very highly, I think uh, if they had us sorted it out, maybe the boss biting his tongue, or Alec apology I don't know yeah. if Alec had a stand and go I think we could have gone close it's an interesting rephrasing of that isn't it because everyone always says oh if you bought Shilton or something but yeah it's, it's just as fair to say that if he had kept his See, you know when you, when you look back at situations like that Paddy was through in at the deep end yeah and I okay the manager makes decisions manager had faith in Paddy Paddy was through in uh, in, into a situation where to perform in those four games against four good teams was asking a massive question to Paddy. Yeah. You know, Liverpool away, City away, Arsenal. Yeah. God, they're tough games. And yeah, and he struggled. He did struggle badly. And um, yeah, it had a, a big impact on that season. Um, Mickey asks about your um, about growing up in Belfast and obviously you've got that performance in the European Cup final George the best player in the world and then you you're basically following that going to Manchester um, what, what was the pressure of that like? No, I had no pressure um, I was more w- worrying and wondering how I was going to settle in Manchester Bob Bishop was giving me this fantastic opportunity at the European Cup champions and at 14 years of age not even turned 15 I was thinking how was I going to cope being away from home leaving my mother yeah. and um, I had all those things going through my mind since I walked across the tarmac to get on the flight to fly to Manchester I was feeling heartbroken then with pressure of leaving Belfast and going to Manchester to try to be a football player yeah so the, the George Best thing is almost inconsequential of that yeah if it was a thing at all yeah yeah I mean I'd, I'd, you know I'd read all about Bestie yeah. being homesick I'd read all about how he turned it round and I was thinking I was with three other lads they seemed to be handling everything better than me uh, on the plane and in digs and um I tried to hide situations from them by just leaving their company for, for, for bits and times of the day, the night, the week, because I was feeling I was feeling homesick. But um, I always had this thought, and again I've said I've said this before to you in the book I think as well, that I had to not let my dad down. Yeah. I had not let my dad down because he was banking on me 
becoming a footballer yeah yeah and it is all in the book plug 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 um, Johnny asks where do you think the current side are going good question Johnny um, again I think we're at a situation where we are trying to stabilise ourselves as a club really and because it's Manchester United as well there's been there's been a lot of change over the last few years there's obviously managers and uh, we haven't won a trophy for a few years which is shocking really I can say for Manchester United being such a massive club and fantastic support we have got to uh, whether it's going to be this team because I, I don't think at the minute even though we've got a fantastic squad of players I don't think the blends are or I don't think the strength in depth all over the park is there yeah it needs one manager to oversee a complete complete sort of thing and the squad from goalkeepers to forwards everyone wants competition yeah and every 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 position now some people might say we've got that but I I don't think we have yeah I don't think we have got competition uh, especially defensively on paper going forward we look a threat I think we need a creative midfield player and I think we need sorting out the back yeah. if we get that with, this, with the, the majority of the players we have got we will have a chance um, last question is from me to you is your hat-trick against Wolves the best hat-trick in Manchester United history oh well, I wouldn't say the best <laughs> I wouldn't say the best in uh, I mean, bestie's hat trick against Southampton when I played in the game was a fantastic oh, yeah. hat trick. I think the hat trick he scored against West Ham at Old Trafford, I think. In the, that was a, yeah, that's a good hat trick. That's yeah. a good hat trick. Yeah. You're, you're uh, just picking your hero, though. And the one Sammy Mech scored against Wood was a bad, wasn't a bad hat trick. <laughs> you'll have that. No, I'm joking. You'll have that in the top three. Um, no, uh, it, it was a decent, it was a decent hat trick. Um, free kick. I was delighted when that went in at the Stratford end and the third one from 20 odd yards I was delighted when that went in yeah first one with my left foot as well a cross goal I think Frank Stapleton tried to get his head to it and missed it uh, I was delighted to see that one go in but the other two were I was very pleased where the other two went in Berbatov against Liverpool is pretty good. The one with the overhead kick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there has been some fantastic hat tricks at, uh, at Old Trafford. Even if you go back to the days, you know, we talked about Bestie. I'm sure Dennis. I'm sure Dennis will have had a few. I'm sure Dennis would have had a few as well. So, yeah, those are the hat tricks. I personally recommend anyone going and watching that it's available on YouTube Sammy's that trick and I am a little bit biased but <laughs> I do think I, I look at it in terms of quality and obviously you mentioned Dennis Dennis scored probably eight hat-tricks in one season do you know what I mean so mm. there's probably a few in there well you, when you think I'm sure you know even um, maybe even Brian Kidd I keep on thinking of Brian Kidd I don't know if he got a hat-trick or not at Old Trafford or whatever but Brian scored a few great goals as well in, in his time there Bobby you know I've been lucky enough to play with some fantastic players mm. and um, Gordon Hill even yeah, he, will, he definitely there, got one he'd be up there with uh, with, with cracking goals uh, little McCurry you I know, don't think he got 
Well, he, he got. I, got, I think he got a hat trick away from home at Birmingham. Oh, yeah, it was a, what, for a long time. It was yeah. the last one, wasn't it? I, I, I think he got one at Birmingham. I think. Um, it was only Bruno this season that it's the first one since that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so you know, there's been some fantastic players that that, that scored some great goals at Old Trafford, and uh, you could argue, and I'm sure the Man United supporters would argue about what you said with the quality of the best hat trick. No. There's been that. There's been that many. One for discussion anyway, so tweet us about that one. Let us know what you think. Um, yeah, that's it for this episode, guys. Um, if you enjoyed the show, um, give us a, a like, subscribe to the podcast, review us on the platform you're listening on, and we'll be back soon. Um, and get hold of Sammy's book. It's available on Amazon. You'll be able to find a link on the website at the moment that will give... Um, opportunities to get a signed copy as well Sammy's doing a, a launch for his book on the 30th of March um, you can get events uh, a, a ticket for that event uh, it's a public event, a Q&A with um, Alan Keegan who's doing the, the Q&A for that, um, that's on the, the evening of the 30th of March at Hotel Football we'll put the link in the description on the podcast and also on the website as well thanks for listening guys, we'll be back soon Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 